This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. (laughs) Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 191 and video episode number 17 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other shit and I talk about how it has influenced my music. This week... Uh, is a mulligan, and probably, possibly the most important mulligan in the history of the world, because I am discussing my dad, Nicky DiMatteo's seminal debut of original material album, his eponymous Nicky DiMatteo. Can you guess what decade it's from, from the picture? That's correct. 1976 is the year. Uh... If you don't know me, you probably don't know my dad, but then again, you may know my dad. I have no idea who I am because my dad has been in the music business for decades. He started in music from the time he could stand up and walk, and that is not an exaggeration. Uh, There are still relatives alive who remember that, and you can ask them. From that moment, I'm sure throughout his life, he had his struggles and doubts, as we all do, but let me tell you, Evidence shows that he never looked back. He was a child star in Philadelphia. He was on a show called Arthur Godfrey, among other things, which um, older people will know what that is. I only know because he was on it. Uh, He was a stand-up singer of standards and all that stuff for a while. And then when he got into his late teens, he released an album, which I have discussed, not in video, but in one of my text posts. Uh, blame it on my youth in 1961, I believe, which was all standard stuff, and um, went uh, transitioned to like rock and roll music. He released like one original during that period, but mostly it was stuff other people had written. He had some minor hits. He toured all over the country, all over the this, this hemisphere. Really, he was in Canada. He was in South America. Uh, South America is up here on the map of my head for some reason because I believe that the world is turned upside down and um, continued through that process until really the late 60s when he transitioned because some dumb kid was born 
uh, into uh, doing nightclubs and, and private parties and casinos and restaurants and bars and things like that as the quintessential piano guy, singing and playing piano. Sometimes he'd throw in an acoustic guitar. It would be cover after cover after cover after cover. He'd throw in an original here and there, which he would continue straight through until um, his entire you know career. Uh, but mostly it was, at one point, it was told that he knew about 2,000 songs by heart. And that was what he pulled from any given night and could somehow create set lists from off the top of his freaking head. I mean, I'm sure, of course, he prepared. He practiced at home all the time, but, but he had an ability after playing three, four, five, six nights a week for hours and hours a night, often not even taking breaks because he wanted to keep the people there and listening. And people leave when there's a break. If you don't take a break, maybe they just keep drinking and they don't leave year after year. That is how he supported the family. In 1976, he decided to release an album of his all original material, which we're listening to now. This Nicky DiMatteo. Here's the, you know, take a, take a quick screenshot of this. You can get the track listing. And, um, Went back to the, didn't ever really stop working in the clubs and all of that. And other than his uh, original country music uh, day, uh, album, EP in 1996, I believe, he pretty much has made his entire career on covers, on performing for the people, with the people. Music was, has been, is his life. Uh, remember when I'm saying all this stuff, I'm not, I'm not equating music and things like that with people. If you ask my dad, his family is his life, and I would agree with that about myself too, family, friends, loved ones. I'm talking about things other than that. Why am I talking about this at all? Well, first of all, because I can say with great certainty that music is, is also my life, but I'm saying it at a particular time, for a particular reason. Last couple of years, it has been brought to my attention through self-reflection and discussion with some very important people in my life that I maybe have not been respecting my destiny the way that I should have been. And, 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 and you know, it sounds harsh. I'm going to be harsh. I can be harsh on myself. I'm allowed to do that. It's because... I can say with, again, with certainty that music has been my life from the time that I could pick up a pen and write. Uh, the first song that I have evidence of having written, I wrote when I was six years old. And yes, again, struggles, doubts, whatever you want to call it. I never looked back. I made a decision before I even knew what a decision was that I wanted to be in music, but not just music. Specifically, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter. You could take away any other skill I have in music. As long as I have that singer-songwriter, then, then, then that's all I really care about. That's me. That's what I do best. It's what I do well. And I have done it from, again, since I was very, very little. And yet somehow, in all of these years, there have been many ways in which I've kind of lived beside that life. Um, I, I use these hand gestures to help illustrate that fact. And, and the, way, the reason I say that is because I have released EP after album after single uh, in cassette form and CD form online ever since the, the really the mid, 
like 1980s. Let's let's be honest. 35 years of actually releasing material into the world, and, and preceded by another bunch of years of writing the material and you know playing it and singing it for people that I knew. And uh, the only person who does that is a person who can't not do it. Because it's not easy, it's not, you know, there are aspects of it that aren't fun. The business end of it is something that you have to force yourself to learn if you want to, you know, get anywhere. And, and yet, throughout all of that, I never really respected the fact that music as a career in general, as my dad did, or my music in particular, was worthy of making a living at I think the music itself is worthy. I think what I do is worthy. I think that the bands I play with, we kick ass and we have fun, whether I'm doing bass or keys or guitar or singing and all of that stuff, whether I'm playing with, you know, uh, Prefab 4 and Gin Fizz in 1989 or with Catherine and we, and we do a wreck or Nick, Dematio, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we, do, we do a lot of covers and all that and I just take great joy from all of that. But it always comes back to my music, to the music that I have written and performed, recorded, produced, engineered, released, played the instruments on in many cases, and, and, and have worked with some fine, fine musicians and singers in many other capacities. Uh, that's what it always comes back to. Um, and yeah, you know, the reality of the world is that many musicians and artists in general, actors, dancers, you know, performers, uh, most of them don't make a living at what they do. They have other jobs. Um, there are many reasons why that might be. I'm not going to get into why I think that might be for me, because there are also many reasons for that, except to say, again, I don't think I really respected that destiny well enough. I kept thinking that in order to make a living, I had to do something else and then also do my music. So I worked at the Bronx frickin' Zoo for 13 years. Fine place, totally fine, mostly fine people. The people who weren't fine, I'm gonna name them. But, and it was a fine job. I continued to do music throughout and other things, uh, but that wasn't me. You know, then when that job ended, I freelanced but while I was freelancing, I was looking for more jobs just like that job. And I found one. It sucked balls. The job itself. And frankly, sorry, maybe on a personal level, they're great, but the people suck too. I'm not going to mention the job because that's, you know, I'm not throwing names out there. But that was an easy out. That was me saying, ours, the job. Then I get another job in the audiovisual world that is a great job with great people, very supportive. It fits the mold of the things that I did before. And again, it's not me. And and yes, I'm an adaptable, malleable kind of person. I, I try to be agreeable. I try to fit into places that I feel like I need to or that somebody might want me to because it's a good way to be accommodating and to be helpful and to be generous and kind and, and, and uh, you know, on the other side, you know, wimpy and cowardly or whatever you want to say about it. But the, but the, you know, the point being, I heard recently on a show, I think, you know, someone said, why do you do what you do? And the answer was something like, because I realized at one point that it, there, I, I, there, I, it was the only thing I could do. And that's the part that I think that I lost touch with, which is 
I can do a ton of other things. I mean, I enjoy acting. I enjoy voiceovers. I'm happy that I've made money doing that, and I'm happy that I've had fun doing that. I, I have worked, like I said, in other capacities, but none of that is me. None of that is where my heart is. It's not where my soul is. And this is stuff that I was thinking about even before the world completely blew up. And now that that's happened, and the job that I was just talking about is on hiatus for God knows how long, it's basically like the universe is saying to me over and over and over, embrace your fucking destiny, dude. Just just, just grab it by the coyons, you know, and, and, and understand that no matter what you do, that's what you're always going to be and always come back to. And why am I saying all this now in the context of this? Because this album right here is the one that sparked for me the idea that you could co-produce, self-produce, write your own stuff and put it out there. Yeah, I saw it with the Beatles. I saw it with all the artists in the 70s and 80s and all of that. But when your own father does it, there he is. It's proof right there, you know. Now, do I envy the fact that he was able to make a living as a musician, almost exclusively as a musician, for his entire life? Yeah. It was a different choice, and we've talked about that before. There are things we have in common, things we have that we don't have in common. One thing we've always had in common is that we both have always loved to play and sing and write and record any music that sparks us. doesn't matter what the genre is. My dad, you know... I listen at home, listen to him playing Gershwin and classical music and all kinds of jazz and blues and country and pop and rock and all of that. And I inherited that when I play with my cover bands or when I play my own stuff, when I write, I don't stick to one genre. That is something that we have in common. We have that, you know, malleability in our artistic expression. What we don't have in common is that. He never really felt as giant of a spark uh, as I have to pursue his own material to write and record. And again, there's no judgment on either side really, but my, my passion has always been, I remember when I was a teen thinking, I want to do what you do, Dad, but not what you do. I don't want to work the clubs. I don't want to make money that way. I want to make money with my music. Being older now, I'm completely happy, you know, doing both and making money at both. But the truth still lies in the original music, in the parts of me that I express through the music that I do. And so, again, now that the, you know, world is shifting or has shifted or wherever it's going, this is my profession of saying that I hear and I understand. And I have no idea what the next few months have in store except that I'm going to continue to do my Facebook live shows. I'm going to continue to do all of the posts I do every week on Facebook that I repost on Twitter and all those other places. I'm And YouTube, please check out my YouTube channel, like and subscribe and all of that stuff. I'm going to keep doing all of that and I'm going to work my ass off to never go back to anything else. Thank you for listening. Please read, please click the link of this amazing album and see if you can hear the links, what he does and what I do. Uh, I recommend you click the link of my song Deal that I have below there because I think that is an example of you could hear the parallels in, in my my music and his music. Uh, what of songs, you know, listen to this and what songs do you like? Did you enjoy? What, you know, what, 
what do you think about it in general? What do you think about everything I'm saying in general? Do you have a passion of yours that you feel you, ha you haven't been listening to closely enough or that you, you, you feel like it's time to embrace that destiny? Or have you already done it? Tell me about that too. Because as always, my purpose for all these is conversation and connection. Thank you again for watching, listening, reading, clicking, sharing, and I will see you next week. Probably. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.